small cats old enough to catch their own prey gather here beneath the podcast for a clan meeting. Welcome to Paws and Claws, a podcast where we read the Warrior Cats books in chronological order. I'm Jillian, joined by my co-host and clan census taker, Scout, and today we will be discussing Blue Star's Prophecy and the Rise of Scourge Manga. Scout, how are you doing today? I'm looking at the looking at the numbers here, and they're telling me that the names are too similar. That's what we've been hearing. We've been hearing a lot of reports that ThunderClan is uh, somehow, in the grand scheme of things, with all of the names available, name combinations available to them. We are hearing that they are just running out of inspiration and and name ideas. Yeah, it turns out that that they they really can't uh, they cannot get away from specific suffixes. Mm. It's a shame. That's what, yeah, that's what, it's a, it's a, it's a real shame, you know, this is going to hurt them in the pulse. It really is. Well, you know, I feel like most folks have always classified ThunderClan as the Himbo Clan, so I guess we can't, that's on us for expecting too much out of them. You know, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, they're, they're, they're being, they're out here being chads. They don't have they're time no to wind really clan. be created. They're no yeah. River Clan. They're not Shadow Clan over there with Silver Flame. Nobody's named Silver Flame. Well, we do have to dock some points on Shadow Clan for naming a cat Foxheart. Uh, That's true. Yeah, yeah, we do have to. We do have to do that. Oh man, <laughs> the names sure were something. The names in this. Don't book. don't worry. About, don't worry. About it. I did. We'll hear a little bit more about those later. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Happy happy spooky day, everybody. Yeah, we are of course recording this uh, in September, uh, but this episode is scheduled to go up on Halloween. So uh, if you dressed up as any of the warrior cats, please email us a picture us, and we will put it on Twitter know. or at us yeah, on Twitter. Hell yeah. Happy, happy Halloween, all you Halloweenies out there. My favorite holiday. It's a good one. Why don't we talk about how the prey is running? Let's talk about how the prey is running. How's the prey running with you, Scout? Prey is running pretty good. I've been on a big uh, Pop-Tart kick for, like, my breakfast. Just having a nice, lightly toasted Pop-Tart or two. And I've been enjoying it. It's been a, it's been a nice time. I was not really a, I wasn't a kid who got a lot of pop tarts as a, as a child. We didn't really buy a lot of pop tarts, so it's a little a bit of a novelty for me. It's enjoyable, a little a little sweet jammy treat, and uh, otherwise no no super duper special meals to talk about this week. What about you? I of course, as we mentioned beforehand, have a delicious slice of cake yes i'm uh, so jealous my husband of the cake. <laughs> it was my husband's birthday this week uh so i made him his favorite cake which is an earl gray cake with a vanilla bean buttercream uh and it is absolutely divine i'm somebody who doesn't really like like overly sweet desserts mm-hmm. uh and this is like that perfect balance of sweet and cakey so it's like very much like a a lower level of sweetness yeah it looks so good and it sounds so good and then tonight i made a american goulash it is nothing like hungarian goulash which i still have yet to make american goulash is how do i describe it for those who've never had it 
It's macaroni noodles and ground beef and like a tomato sauce. Oh, kind of a, adjacent to a hamburger helper, I suppose. Yeah, you it's might like say. a homemade. Yeah, it's like a homemade hamburger helper sort of deal. It, um, I think chili mac might also be an an apt way to describe it, though. It doesn't have like chili powder in it. It doesn't have any beans or chili powder. It's like tomato sauce and Italian seasoning, garlic, and a big old heap of thing of Worcestershire sauce. Nice. Almost a bolognese um, kind of, I feel like. Almost. Regardless, it was delicious and I need to make that more often. Yeah, I bet it's a pretty easy thing to throw together. Oh my god, it was so easy. It takes me like literally 30 minutes to make. And like a lot of times, here's the thing, about a lot of those 30 minute recipes, often they're lying. Often they're lying because they do not take into account how long it takes to like chop a vegetable mm-hmm. or some shit. Mm-hmm. With this, it is literally like everything is in cans or right, you just blah, packages. Blah. You just throw it all in the pot and you let it cook for. Slap it all in you there. Let the, you, you literally cook the meat and then you toss everything in and let it simmer for 20, 20 minutes. And it is delicious. Mwah. I love food. That's I love food. That sounds very good. Uh, So you put down here, there's a new game on the website. Y- you put this down. <laughs> Did I put this down? <laughs> you put this down. Oh, my Lord, help me. Uh, but yeah, listeners, here's the thing. Also this week. So this is this has been a week because I was out of town from Saturday through Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Baldur's Gate 3 came out on the PlayStation 5. <laughs> Thursday was my husband's birthday. And ever since then, it has basically been like doing chores, working, playing Baldur's Gate. So I have forgotten things that I put in there early. So there's a new game called Medicine Cap or Medicine Mission. And from what I can tell, you click on cats that are sick and then you have to mix herbs to cure them. Wow. But you're under a time limit, which... Frightening. Yeah. This game is... Literally stressing me out. <laughs> I just ranked up to an apprentice. Oh, there's a there's a, <laughs> there's a typo. Oh, incredible. well done. You've ranked up. You are now an apprentice. An apprentice. Oh no, there's more herbs now. Oh, there's. Oh God, we. I don't know what. I don't know what treats a bellyache. Oh God, there's there's. Oh Jesus, there's too much happening. This is stressful. This looks. It looks like it would be fun if you once you get to know it. Uh, but trying. To, yeah, once you once you know how to cure things, I think it could be fun. Trying to do it while recording a podcast is too. That just ain't it. It just ain't it. Um. But it does seem, yeah, I've noticed this like lurking around on the corners of mm-hmm. the website when I've gone occasionally. It seems like a fun little thing. I like the art in it. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. There's like some cat portraits that are, that are pretty nice. Uh, and I just, incredible that these things are still being made. Yeah. Again, like we've mentioned multiple times, incredible that this fandom is still like big enough to have stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. When you were little, did you ever go on the Warrior Cats website and play like the Minesweeper-esque sort of? Yes. Yes. I Stepping look, Stone adventure. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I played that so much and I died all the so time. So much. You could not get you couldn't do shit for shit. Mm-mm. Every every step it was like, "Oh, you got run over." <laughs> yeah, it was 
you went too close to the Thunderpath, you ate a weird berry. It, we, it, there was not a lot of progression on it, but I remember, I, I think I loaded that up on like dial-up uh, at some point in my childhood mm-hmm. to play it. Yeah, it's weird how much has like changed about this website because they took all of like the old stuff off. Yeah, which is probably reasonable considering mm-hmm. it's, it probably wasn't very good. I don't think that game was good, but it was a thing that's in my brain. Yeah. I don't remember. Do they still have? There used to be like you could go to the moon pool and get your warrior name. Oh, oh they probably still, still have there. something like that. Find out your warrior's I... name. No, that's an article. Oh. And that's one of those weird like first name. What is first letter of the name of your favorite childhood pet and your birth month kind of oh. nonsense things. There it is. Oh, the moon little... pool. What answers do you seek? Oh, so it's like a. they still have the moon pool, but it is more of a like... Magic eight ball. Uh, Enter a question with a yes or no answer and let them guide your path. Okay. Do I type the question in? Oh my God. I can type my question in. Do you think they will let me be inappropriate? Try it. Okay. I'm asking an inappropriate question of the moon pool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm being shamed by the Warrior Cats website. (gasps) Did they tell you you did a you did a, a rude goof? Curses and omens have no place in Starkland. Be gone. Okay, but it Damn. also says it also says down at the bottom the wisdom of the moon pool is provided using a random answer generator. So let me try using an inappropriate word again and see if I get the same thing or if that was just an unlucky roll. What answer do I seek? Can Blue Star say fuck? oh my god okay yeah it does have a a fucking like it's got a filter filter on because this now it says you show signs of training with the dark forest leave before you anger star clan further i'm gonna get banned off the warrior cats website (laughs) i can't believe saying fuck is enough to get you on the path to the dark forest Okay, I'm going to ask one more question. (laughs) Okay. It's going to be slightly inappropriate. All right. Where, no, has a cat ever died from pooping too much? (laughs) Will it let me say poop? Put your claws away, you rogue. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm banned from the Warriors website now. The moon pool said you're too rowdy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to ask the moon pool. Am I too rowdy? Starclan guides your question with a yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> they're getting your ass. They really are just like roasting me completely. I'm sorry that I am being inappropriate on the Warrior Cats website. I what just had to test a, the filters. You know what? What kind of an example is this setting for our fans, Jillian? Exactly. Exactly. I know. I'm terrible. We've <sighs> never said fuck or piss or shit once on this We've podcast. never talked about cats boning down. <laughs> Getting it on nasty style. Getting it on nasty style. Oh, Raw dogging it in the forest. We never once talked about how how many... <laughs> We've never once talked s- about the size of a cat's dick. Never talked about how strong a cat's dick is. Oh, we should do the summary and, and, and talk about this this these books before we deteriorate further you know if they didn't want me to ask questions like that they shouldn't have put sex in their books
Just saying. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Oh, that one got me. <laughs> Aaron's Hunter, you did this to yourself. Uh-huh. So, dear listeners, uh, these books will cover some stuff in uh, The Prophecies Begin. We will be keeping some things somewhat vague, but there will be some spoilers, and I will give you a big heads up right before the big major spoiler line uh, at the end of the summary. Let's begin. In Blue Star's Prophecy, we meet the young and strong-willed Blue Kit, daughter of Stormtail. You may remember him from Goosefeather's story. For the most part, her kithood and apprenticeship are standard, though she dislikes the closeness her sister Snowpaw shares with Thistlepaw. After her first gathering, the ThunderClan medicine cat, Goosefeather, claims to have found an omen on a vole that Snowpaw caught, suggesting to Pinestar that in order to survive, ThunderClan must attack WindClan's medicine supply. In the raid on the camp, Snowpaw and Bluepaw's mother, Moonflower, is killed by Hawkheart, the medicine cat of WindClan. This begins a period of grief for Bluepaw, who is eventually assisted by her new mentor, Sunfall. At another gathering, Bluepaw meets Crookedpaw and makes note of his brother Oakheart's arrogance. Later, RiverClan fights ThunderClan to reclaim Sunning Rocks, and Snowpaw and Bluepaw face off in the battle, fighting Crookedpaw and leaving Bluepaw wondering if cats between clans can never be friends. After Pinestar scolds Bluepaw for catching him at Two Lake Place, she and Snowpaw go out hunting, but are attacked by a fox during a thunderstorm. They are saved by a fiery branch falling between them and the fox, which Goosefeather interprets as a prophecy for Bluepaw. Like fire, you will blaze through the forest. Bluepaw and Snowpaw become warriors, Bluefur and Snowfur, and life in ThunderClan continues, with Tiger Kit being born and Sweetpaw dying of sickness. In a battle with RiverClan, Pinestar is nowhere to be found, and soon the leader returns, saying he is no longer going to be leader of the clan. Snowfur gives birth to Thistleclaw's son, White Kit, and grows bored of her time in the nursery, so she and Bluefur go out hunting. During their patrol, they spot ShadowClan cats on their territory, and in chasing them off, Snowfur runs onto the Thunderpath and is killed by a car. During her time of grieving her sister, she distances herself from White Kid until she has a nightmare about him drowning. As time continues, White Kit becomes White Paw and then White Storm, and Tiger Kit becomes Tiger Claw under Thistleclaw's mentoring. Sunstar decides to lead a group to RiverClan's camp to demand Sunning Rocks back. And it is then that Oakheart, who Bluefur has been growing feelings for since meeting him on the border, asks Bluefur to meet him at Four Trees that night. Reluctantly, she goes and decides that after this night together, they can't be together again, especially since Bluefur has ambitions of becoming deputy to prevent Thistleclaw from turning the clan more vicious. Bluefur later learns that she is expecting Oakheart's kids, and Thrushpelt agrees to act as their father even if Bluefur doesn't hold any feelings for him. Tawny spots the current deputy is too ill to continue duties, and Bluefur knows that if she keeps her kits, Thistleclaw will be named deputy instead. After they're born, she tells Oakheart to meet her at midnight to take them to RiverClan, 
It is a snowy and cold night, however, and Moss Kit doesn't make it. Misty Kit and Storm Kit are taken to River Clan, while Bluefur makes it look like a predator came into camp and took her kits. Sunstar eventually appoints Bluefur as deputy, revealing he was only granted eight lives by Star Clan. Upon his death, Bluefur travels to the Moonstone to receive her nine lives. After time passes, Bluestar receives a prophecy from Spottedleaf, the new medicine cat. Fire alone can save our clan. While hunting with Whitestorm, Bluestar sees a fiery orange kitty pet hunting a blackbird. Perhaps this cat is the fire which will save ThunderClan. In the Rise of Scourge, we meet the runt of a kitty pet litter. Tiny. Teased by his siblings and unwanted by two legs, he journeys into the forest to see the warriors. Unfortunately, he is met with Tigerpaw, Thistleclaw, and Bluefur. Bluefur tries to make the other two see sense that this is just a kit, but Tigerpaw savages the young cat. Tiny makes his way to the alleys, where he finds an old dog has left his tooth behind. He tries to remove his collar with it, but only ends up with the tooth stuck in his collar. He uses this to his advantage, pretending he's killed a dog for the tooth in order to gain access to food. Tiny then renames himself to Scourge. After scaring off a dog, he essentially becomes a leader of the Alley Cats, eventually calling them Blood Clan. Uh, dear listeners, big, huge, massive spoilers for the prophecies begin incoming. Wee woo, wee woo. Tiger Star, now leader of Shadow Clan, comes to get Scourge's help in attacking the other clans. Scourge, however, has not forgotten Tiger Star from moons ago and waits for the perfect moment to exact his revenge. There we go, baby. That's it. Uh, you know, I have uh, like had this plot point in my head for so long that I had completely like it had completely p- I, gone over my head when I was reading that this would even be a spoiler because I'm just like, oh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. I won't say more about it. Yeah, here. we're not going to uh, we're not going to talk more about that spoiler moment because I really want to give it the impact it deserves during our uh, prophecies begin read. But boy, oh, boy. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot happening that's going to continue happening. That's for sure. The, it sure is. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about Blue Star's prophecy. Let's talk about Blue Star's prophecy. Do you want to talk about the the names first? Do you want to give me your, yeah, your name? Yeah, listen. Yeah, okay. This has become the hill that I'm dying on. I just was reading this book. I was sitting there. I was enjoying my, my life. I was vibing. I was just reading along. And I started to say to myself, boy, there's a lot of tales. Boy, there's a lot of cats with tail as their suffix. 
Gee golly, there sure is a lot of cats with pelt or fur as their suffix. Hey, what's going on, ThunderClan? Y'all got the same fucking name over and over again. So I just, I want to make this clear to the listeners. Maybe some of you aren't actually reading along. Maybe some of you didn't, didn't, this didn't stick out to you as much. Um, but just, this is in the allegiances and like in the cats in these... In this book, we have nine cats with tail as their suffix, seven cats with pelt as their suffix, six cats with fur as their suffix, and five cats each with heart and claw as their suffix. What's going on? Why are <laughs> why are we doing this? Most egregious moment. I just, I can't. I love Pine Star, but my man's blue fur and snow fur are sisters, and they both get named fur. What are you doing? Like my he, man? He, he so easily could have even given them warrior names, like, after their mother. They could have been Blue Moon and Snowflower. Yeah, hello. That fucking rules. <laughs> That's a good idea. Aaron's hire me. That kind of uh, wraps around to a fun fact that Blue Star's name was originally going to be Moonstar. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, but they had changed it. They also considered Moonstone at one point, I think, before they decided that Star was the was the leader thing. But then they used Moonstone for the Moonstone. And then at some point they were like, yeah, but Moon is like such a sacred word to them. So I don't think that any cats would yeah. actually have Moon in their name. And then they named the thing. their mother Moonflower. <laughs> but, and here's the thing, too. I thought that cats didn't have like prefixes. That were the same as the clans. Mm-hmm. Like Thunder, Shadow, all that, right? Right, right. There's a cat named Windflight. There is a cat named Windflight. Uh, also, <laughs> I, I did have to just check on this because when I was looking at the allegiances, I was like, wait a second, why is Foxheart listed as a Tom here? Isn't Foxheart Yeah, that was cat? also a thing um, that was wrong. So yeah. That was a misprint in the book, yep. Uh, there's also the wrong mother for Crooked Kit and Oak Kit. Yep. That's consistent throughout this book. I think it's because they just hadn't written the other book yet. But yeah, also this, I, this was the second uh, super edition. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But uh, yeah, that stuff just, it just makes me like, listen, I, I, I play it up for the podcast that I take it very seriously. I understand that this is how writing is mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal, but, but it just does. It, it sticks out to me sometimes and I just got to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's no excuse for two cats, for there to be two cats in ThunderClan, only one generation mm-hmm. apart named Snowfur and Frostfur. I and they're different do cats. agree with that. <laughs> it's yeah. just that you can't, you cannot be doing this. Yeah. Oh, I think man. I remember even as a child, all of the events that happen in this book come up in the prophecies begin, like as a, you know, mm-hmm. a thing that, that Blue Star speaks about. She had mentioned her sister Snowfur, and I got so confused as a child because mm-hmm. Frostfur is a cat that exists and is still in the clan. <laughs> right. No, that makes complete sense. Uh, but yeah. Um anyways, now that now that that's out of the way, Blue Star's prophecy, author yeah. Kate Carey. This was published July 28th, 2009. Uh, And I haven't mentioned the timeline for a few episodes, uh, so I wanted to talk about that. 
a little bit. Once again, thank you to the Warriors Wiki and the events timeline page that they have on there. Uh, so according to that, covering the last uh, few episodes uh, that we've we've covered, uh, Tallstar's Revenge and Yellow Fang's Secret both begin in 1996, and Crooked Star's Promise and Blue Star's Prophecy both begin in 1997. And those are basically like Tall Kit is born in like January or February of 1996. Yellow Fang is born sometime in the summer and similar sort of timeline for Crooked Star and Blue Star in 1997. So we're getting we're getting there, man. Mm hmm. Uh, generally, like, give me, give me a general vibe. How, how did you enjoy, uh, Blue Star? Uh, so general vibe, I remember liking it a lot more when I read it when it first came out. Um, because when it first came out, 2009, that would have been, uh, so I was like 15. And I remember really enjoying, like, the big moments of it. Mm hmm. Because I... I will fully admit, I couldn't remember if I had read this one. <laughs> I was like 90% sure I had read it when it came out. But as I started reading it, I'm like, I don't know if I've actually read this. Because I was like, I don't remember who half these people are. I don't remember <laughs> reading this. And then as soon as we get to the shit with Sunning Rocks, I'm like, yep, I remember reading this book. <laughs> so like, I think it is a fine Warriors book. Mm -hmm. It is definitely not like one of my top and it is definitely not like as disappointed as I was with whichever fucking one of the Dawn of the Clans books it was that we were like really sour on. Uh, it's been like seven edition? months. Well, no, the one before that, there was one in the six, one of the six books that we were kind of like. Oh, yeah. About. Well, we we screamed a lot about the fifth one. I think that was probably that the was one you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it's been uh, a while. divided. Yeah. Gang, that was like April. It's September. That was eons ago. That was like a it's whole half a, a year ago. years. We've uh, talked about so many cats since then. <laughs> but yeah, like also with Mothlight's Vision, like I am definitely not as sour on it as I was on mm -hmm. Mothlight's Vision. I think it is a fine book. I think they could have cut out a great deal and it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely gonna... what felt like a lot of padding and then a lot of time skips. And I think it would have been better if they'd taken out the... I say this, I feel like almost every time. I don't need to see their kit hood and apprenticehood, especially... Literally. Literally. <laughs> especially for Blue Star, because only one huge thing happens for her and that's her mom dying like yeah give me that and then give me her adulthood because her adulthood is so good it is so fascinating i would have loved to see more of her and thistleclaw having drama like it's so clearly there but they just seemed like i mean this was the first super edition that followed the life of a single cat so i yeah, think so they were kind of feeling out the space with it so i think it does suffer from that Mm -hmm. And admittedly, probably like we're reading this pretty late in our in our like, oh, God, yeah, because of the chronology. But this would have been like the thing that sort of set up what would become. Oh, the, God, yeah. The structure for these. But I think at this point, I'm also I'm very much with you with like, I just don't need a whole third of a book that is devoted to them being a child. I think the thing is, though. The reason there is so much of that for her youth, all of that stuff later gets covered in the novellas and the super editions that we've read. Because I mm -hmm. remember messaging you, I was like, this 
the summary is going to be like nothing because it is all of the events of the books that we have read up to now told from right. a different perspective. So I think mm-hmm. I think back then that's why I liked it so much is right. because I was like, oh my God, ThunderClan's leader left to become a kitty pet? Holy shit. Like this would have <laughs> been like revealing all of that and it would have been like, oh my gosh, can you believe? But now it's like, okay, yes, I have read about ThunderClan and RiverClan having the same fight over Sunning Rocks four <laughs> times already. I've read about the attack on WindClan's camp four times already. So I think that's why perhaps I was a little less, like, jazzed. They retread this area a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this general part of the timeline. And that's going to continue, I think, a little bit, like, later in Blue Star's life. But, uh, like, coming up in the next episode, we have Spotted Leaf's Heart and Red Tail's Debt. Uh, two novellas about cats that are born and introduced in this book. And it's I think it's going to be in, the, in a similar mode of, like, mm-hmm. oh, these are things that we've seen that's just from another cat's perspective again. Yeah, which is fine for, like, a novella, yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. But for a super edition, it feels a little bit different, which is why I think, and I mentioned this in our DMs earlier, I feel like the last third of this book was the best part of it. I I agree on that. I think the last third is really where it, where it like, comes together. Yeah. And I also think this is, you know, we've talked before about our reading method paying off in certain ways. Mm -hmm. I think this is kind of still that, but also almost like the opposite of that, where it's like sometimes the reading method means that you read all of like this precursor stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when it shows up in this, which was actually written first, then you're like, well, I already know about all of this. Right. (laughs) That being said, there were definitely some moments where it is like, this is just blue star, blue fur, blue paw, blue kit that just, oh, wow. Yeah, there's there's some there's absolutely some stuff that really hits in here. But I Mm -hmm. I agree. And I've been saying this since we read Tall Star uh, that I'm just like not. And, you know, I'm not a child. So I'm sure that one of the reasons that they focus so much on the childhood of these cats in these books is because children are reading them. And so that's the thing that they're going to be able to identify with very deeply. And like, that's just that's it's not for me. And that's okay. I'm making this podcast because I love it anyway. But yeah, just like in for my personal tastes, I'm a lot more interested in the stuff that happens after apprenticeship because mm-hmm. boy, have I read about so many apprenticeships. I know. I'm so tired of them. And, oh, and we're uh, about to Jill, suffer through another one. <laughs> They're just going to keep coming. They really are. So let's talk about some of these, some of our points. Do you have anything before Moonflower's death to cover? That's sort of the first big note that I have. I just really liked how... When she first opens her eyes and is like looking around the camp and meeting everyone, she's like always commenting on like, oh, I'll I'll always be able to spot this one in battle because I know that they have this color fur. Like spotting the little details about her clan, I think is just such a nice little detail because the reason that Sunstar makes her the deputy is because she cares about the clan. Yeah. So deeply. Like, that is her family. And that is, like, a thing with her, too, is, like, she, I I feel like I remember from The Prophecies Begin, we'll, we'll t- kind of talk about it, is, like, she does view the clan as her family, especially now that her biological kin, except for Whitestorm, are either dead or she had to give them up. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, she does very much view the clan as her family. And I just think, like, setting that up with her being very attuned to what all of her, her clan mates looks like and, like, making a note on, like, the little things she likes about them was a really nice touch. It was a really nice touch. Yeah, I liked that scene a lot. I think that, I think that her, like, immediate early kithood of the mm-hmm. openers that we've had, maybe aside from Crooked Star, is my favorite of sort of that. Yeah, that I think Goose Feathers is still my favorite. Oh, yeah, Goose Feathers is really good. Um, But... Yeah, I think her early kithood was was really well done. It's just the rest of her kithood and apprenticeship were, I'm going to say it, kind of boring to me. Also, she spends so much time being, like, sad and angry. Yeah, and, like, and I feel bad for her. They even talk about it, and I get it. But also, yeah. babe. Oh, she's going to spend a lot more time being sad and angry, gamers. Like, you, her you do not even get it. Her life is full of being sad and angry. Like, she is, you know how, I was thinking about this now that we know who Maple Shade is. And we know mm-hmm. about Maple Shade and all that. And how she told Goosefeather, she's like, I don't give a shit about you because, like, ThunderClan is fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it really comes through with, with Blue Star. And I don't, like, Maple Shade was not a thing back then. Right. But, like, it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't part of the canon back then. But it does really fit with, like, yeah, ThunderClan is going to be full of, like, struggle. Yeah, for deep sadness and struggle in this in this era. Yeah, and that all kind of kicks off with Moonflower's death. I would say. I would I would agree, which she blames on Goosefeather. She does, and you know she's right. <laughs> Listen, I'm on record on this podcast being a Goosefeather defender. I think I'm still a Goosefeather defender in general. Like I'm not, but I'm also not a person who's going to be like, yeah, he didn't fuck up because he's fucked up a lot, but. In many ways, he's still my little meow meow in my heart. Um, yeah, I just ooh, he does he does some things in this book that I think like I don't know he he's clearly going through it and he is clearly suffering. Uh, I I think I I think that there could be a uh, genetic predisposition to dementia in this family. I was literally gonna say the same thing. And uh, I won't say much more about that right now. No, I was literally going to say the same thing, Scout, because I was like, yes, there is very clearly something going on with him. I feel like that is not going to be, this is not the end of it. Yeah, Um, maybe put a pin in that, dear listener. Yeah, put a pin in that. But yeah, Moonflower's death, you know, knowing it was coming, because we've seen the fight three times. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still hurt because you're seeing it from her daughter's eyes and she's just like, she has to tell her sister that her mom is dead. She has to tell her nephew that her that his mom is dead. Like, God, why are we always later. making Blue, uh, Blue Star like tell people that their love, like their loved ones are dead? Like that definitely doesn't help. Yeah. The fucking scene uh, the night before where Moonflower like sleeps oh, yeah. with them in the apprentices' den that almost I wonder, you know. It wasn't foregrounded in this way in any way in the in in the book, but I wonder if Goosefeather gave Moonflower like a like Goosefeather went into this and said like Moonflower you're gonna die in the, like mm-hmm. I wonder if Goosefeather knew and told her because she acts she does act like she knows 
very much like this is the last mm-hmm. night with her kids, the night before. Yeah. But yeah, the the old the old uh, we're gonna do something together after the fight, followed by dying in the fight maneuver. It may be a well played out. It may be a trope that comes up a lot, but damn, it does get me every time. They fucking get me every time with that one, <laughs> like Charlie Brown with the fucking football. Yeah. And she after this, Blue Paw goes through a, a she goes through period it. of being mean. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because she's sad. Which is yeah. fine. I don't know. It just isn't very interesting to me. I I, I mean I get it, but yeah. it just doesn't compel me in the way that like other reactions to grief get me. Well, and here's the thing too, is like they've handled grief so much better in other books. Mm-hmm. Uh is the thing. And with Blue Fur, I feel like they kind of were just telling everyone that she was angry. There wasn't a lot of her being, like, actually angry. It was a lot of, like, you've been angry for, like, three moons. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we saw her get mad at Lion Paw once. And even before her mom's death, Lion Paw was a lot. So, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it definitely has been handled better. The the lines when she's when she's talking when Sunstar sort of sits her down and is like Blue Paw we have to have a talk and when she says like everything's gone all wrong that does that mm-hmm. those are the moments when the grief works for me a right. lot more than her just being sort of angry at everybody. And also the whole thing that when she's angry, she kind of like shirks her duties and stuff. It yeah. just doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't feel... feel like it goes with her whole no, thing. it doesn't. Like the being angry bit. Yes. Sure. But, but, the, the, but the slacking off is not her. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I thought that was a uh, interesting characterization choice that mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it, I just don't know if it feels like it fits with everything else. Right. Uh, do you have anything else before, like, the Pine Stars choice sort of area? Not really. I just think I did write down Jake Cameo, exclamation Jake point. Jake Cameo! Uh, I did also note uh, when she's a kit, Blue Kit does think it was cruel to name White Eye after her bad eye. Put a pin in that one, listeners. <laughs> um, and, you know, part of her thing... Also, she mentions, like, is clan life just suffering? Uh, which Ugh. is very similar to the way that Pine Star felt. And yeah. so I think that is an interesting way of being like, okay, we have two leaders of, of Thunder Clan who are like, life is suffering, and there are different approaches to it. Mm-hmm. But it really makes you think of, like, it does make you think a lot about, like, these cats just aren't having a good time. So much of the time, they're not having a good time. I like um, to imagine that in those like thirty years, thirty or fororty years that I was Sky Clan was still chilling. in the forest, like things were at least a little okay. Everybody was just vibing, man. That's why they haven't written anything because they the yeah. Aaron's just want us to know about the conflict. Mm-hmm. The Aaron's love conflict. They love the conflict. Um, and I did really like that scene of Pine Star and Blue Paw going to the Moonstone and coming back. Yeah. And Pine Star having his sort of little soliloquy about yeah the futility of being. Yeah, he was like he was really in his feels. He was he was in his feelings. I think that that might. I think that technically that is a, the scene that we saw. Mm-hmm. Like that's the time that Pine Star got his 
when Star Clan came to him and was like, right. Pine Star, kill your son. And I don't know why in this book, Blue Fur is here instead of Goose Feather, but <laughs> so you whatever. Know, it's fine. You know, uh, uh, it's fine. Well, but, um, I got, yeah. Goose so, Feather sure does want that child dead, though. He's Goose not sure does. He's not the wrong. Scene <laughs> the scene where he's like, get like, creature away from me. creature. Get this creature out of my den. This fiend which like like the he's not seen he's not wrong but the thing. here's the thing but also it's like a lot it's kind of a lot it's a lot and also tiger kit is like the clan's golden boy because he really is his mom struggled so much giving birth to him his dad fucking left his he's the only one died. who survived the mm-hmm. the whole litter and he was like a runt and is like really strong. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Yeah, this kid, he's like, he's special. Everyone treats him like he's special. Mm-hmm. And so when everybody else is like, oh, my gosh, he's the clan's golden boy. He's like such a good little kid. Like we have to take care of him because, you know, he's his childhood was so hard. And then you've got Goosefeather over here who's not washing himself, who's not eating, uh, who like literally has clumps of dirt stuck in his fur. And he's like, get that creature away from me. It's like, yeah, no fucking wonder they all hate you, Goosefeather. Like, yeah, you're over here looking like fucking Baba Yaga. <laughs> screaming at a child he's that fucking it's that scene from um the princess bride buttercup's dream where the old lady oh my god yes <laughs> yelling, Boo! 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh so apparently reject the life of the kid of a kitty pet got added to the mm-hmm. warrior code just because of pine star yep. i've been i've been that, i've been chewing on that for like a week and a half since i finished it's this book that's hell. fucked up man that's the pettiest shit i've ever heard he even suggests it he's even like i wouldn't be surprised if you guys do this and he's like I they're know, like yeah they you know what that's it. actually a really good idea maybe we should do that absolutely untenable Woof. uh good god like guys grow up grow grow, grow up, up. Yeah, that that shit just made me mad. But yeah. they added a whole. Ad- imagine adding. Imagine somebody that you just like, man. That guy fucking. That guy fucking left. And then you make a ten commandment about it. Yeah. You make an eleventh commandment that's like fuck Steve specifically. Fuck Steve specifically. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> imagine. Imagine just being like. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're adding this to the uh, to our biblical laws uh, that you can't be a fucking boo boo a piss boy baby man who hates working and just wants to be like it's yeah. so <laughs> petty. It's so it's so much. But you know what, Pine Star just gets to go fucking live live, live his out life. his live out his his, his bisexual days. life. His fucking gets to go be bisexual into like place and mm-hmm. be happy and not even have to think about it, you know? Yeah. And I love that for him. Get a get out of here, dude. Yeah. You don't need this. Oh man. Uh Snowfur's Snowfur's death did did really get Yeah, me. that did hit me. I forgot that was how she died. So the her getting that- hit by a car was also like me getting hit by a car because I did not see that coming. The way that Blue Fur tells her we're just gonna go out for for a little bit you'll see him really soon as soon as we come back i know Ah, ah. oh and you know she blames herself and she's 
walking back and she's like she's fine she's fine like knowing this, uh, that she's not fine oh man which kind of is a p- parallel to i'm realizing now that this kind of scene works for me because this is also what happens with lightning tail uh uh-huh. after turtle tail is is hit by uh yeah. by the car back in uh pro- back in uh, the old days back in the dawn of the clans yeah it's More also tales, huh? More it's tales. also uh, also interesting because Snowpaw was basically saying the same thing when their mom died. Is yeah. she was like, "No, she's not dead. She's just she's hurt. We can dead. get her back." And Blue Fur- uh, Bluepaw's like, "No, no, no. She's dead. We she's she's dead." And so now Blue Fur is like, no, "She's fine. She's fine. She'll come back. Like she's just hurt." Yeah, she's just Oof. hurt. It's ah uh, ah pain. Oh. Ugh pain but uh we do have her you know her her memory lives on in her son white kit her and thistleclaw's son and uh i'd love love to talk a little bit about thistleclaw you mean that fucking bitch (laughs) (laughs) i hate this man yeah tell me your thistleclaw i don't like him i think Mm -hmm. he's a bitch Mm -hmm. uh i think so like here's part of my part of my thing with him is like Bluefur tried. She tried to like him. She was like, okay, you know, it's fine if Snowpaw likes him as long as she doesn't make me like him. And then Snowfur's like, please get along with my husband. She's like, I don't like him. He's mean. He's rude. I don't see how you can like him. I don't see that he's like nice to you. And he is ruthless. And I I, I get why Bluefur did the things she did because he is very clearly headed down a path that uh, we just explored with Yellow Fang's secret. Yeah. He's acting a lot like Ragged Star and Broken Star. Mm-hmm. Being very, like, aggressive. He has Tiger Kit, like, leave a scar on his own son during training. Mm-hmm. I don't like this man. And then he tries to keep Bluefur away from White Kit because she had, a like, a month of grief and I wasn't know. around. That should, that should that pissed me, me off. Mm-hmm. Pissed me off. Yeah. He's like, you weren't I, around for him for a month. And I'm like, she was grieving too. Like, chill the fuck out. Just, yeah. So I feel I feel exactly the same as you, except in the first half of the book, I feel like he was just like a kind of a nothing burger. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she, I feel like Bluefur kept saying that he was arrogant and, and like ruthless and all this stuff. And we weren't really seeing that in his actions. And even we had moments like he was very gentle with Bluefur mm-hmm. during her uh, kidding and everything. And like was- You mean Snowfur. Yes, Snowfur, sorry. Ugh. This is why you can't have all these fucking furs. And he was he was very gentle with Snowfur during her kidding, and he was good with White Kit, like in his early kithood. And then things take such a drastic turn for the worse with Thistleclaw. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's I think that it's good to because he needs to represent sort of like the the worst the things that side. wanting power and uh, strength can do to you like that makes sense but I just would have liked it to be foregrounded more yeah I agree and that that like really bugged me in the first half that I was like Thistleclaw is like just kind of a guy and then all of a sudden yeah. it was like oh he's not just a guy anymore he's he's fucked up 
major time. <laughs> yeah, but I would have. I don't know. I would have liked more more to that. I don't have a good way to articulate. No, it, no. I think you ex- of... you articulated it perfectly. It, like it did. There was clearly like a little bit of stuff there leading up to it, but it it was not as well done as it could have been. Mm-hmm. The next thing that you have on here is something that I have a lot of opinions about. Yes. Yeah, the note I wrote is Oakheart and Bluefur. How do we feel about this romance in the grand scheme of Warriors Forbidden Love? Give me your essay, Jill. Here's my thoughts. I was reading it and I was like, man, it's taking a really long time for Oakheart to like be a thing. Uh-huh. I was like, where is he? But then I think about it and I'm like, Bluefur never had a sort of like, I'm going to leave my clan for you kind of love for him. It was never this grand romance. Mm-hmm. It was a whirlwind fling that ended up in a in her getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like she had never had a crush on anyone before. Like she had never had these feelings for anyone. And so she took a chance and was like, okay, yeah, I'll give you one night and we'll see how it is. And she's like, this is nice, but it can't be. And she was firm on that. So mm-hmm. I feel like I really liked this in the sense of the Warriors Forbidden Loves because it's not one of those that's like a grand romance where I'm rooting for them. It's very much like they know they can't be together. And so they don't like Oakheart makes a case to try and like convince her to come to River Clan or for him to come to Thunder Clan. And she's like, we both want to be deputies. That wouldn't happen if either of us left our clans. Like we need to do our duty. And he says, you know what? You're right. I'll take care of the kids. And that's that. He never tries to like come back to her and like whisk her away it's very much like this is a first romance that fizzles out and i really like that because i don't feel like there's enough of that in fiction Um, i think that that's fair yeah i feel like there's so much focus on romance in fiction of like the romance being the romance of that life like the Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of like fandom culture has kind of cemented this as well with like the coinage of otp and stuff and it's like you know characters can have romances and flings and that's not who they end up with in the end and that doesn't mean it's any less important yeah um so i thought it was really like i feel like now that i am adults like now that i'm an adult i have a greater appreciation for how this romance quote unquote was carried out i don't feel like it is meant to be a grand romance. I feel like it is meant to be a another tragedy in Bluefur's life of like, you have a destiny and you can't escape it. And this is just the way that it has to be. You have to suffer this grief in order to follow the path that you're meant to follow. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I hadn't thought about it from that angle. And I, and I really like that actually. Um, for me, it was a lot more like there, there's not, this is, this is a thing that is considered like an extremely pivotal moment in Blue Fur's story as a character. And I, and for me, it felt like there just wasn't enough of it. Like it felt sort of like you're saying, like you're, and I think that I like your angle of like, it was a short time thing that ended up sort of ballooning into something that was, you know, more complicated than she had intended it to be. But in my reading, I was trying to find, like, I 
think of I think of this relationship in the uh, like in the course of Warriors kind of as like a quintessential deep, you know, forbidden love across borders that that leads to tragedy, but is like a true and deep connection and that like they pine for each other and stuff in my head. Like this is how I remember it sort of being portrayed. And I can't remember if I'm that was something that I kind of constructed or if it was something that was really sort of put into the books later. I'm excited, interested to see Mm -hmm. how that comes about later. Um, But I just felt like for something that is sort of the thing that Blue Star's whole character arc ends up hinging on, it felt very, it just felt very small. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think your read on it makes that work a lot better for me. Um, but the way I was thinking of it, I just, it felt, it fell flat in just how like it was so sudden and it happened and then it stopped and then it was happening again. And so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of, that was, that was my feel, but I do like what you said about it. And I think that makes it more interesting than sort of the, Mm -hmm. the, the more straightforward read that I was getting out of it. Yeah, I am interested in seeing how it's taken in Prophecies Begin. But I feel like even in Crooked Star's Promise, it's so clear that Oakheart is more in love with Bluefur than she is with him, to me. That's because true. Blue, Oakheart is the one constantly sneaking out to go see her. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. just, I feel like... Right, you messaged me earlier and you said that you're putting a simp sticker on he him. He is, right. he is a simp. But you know He's what? I love that for him. I think Oakheart's a good guy. I enjoy him. I really like Oakheart. I think Oakheart is a good guy. But yeah, and you know, maybe a lot of the read I'm getting from it is knowing that the Aarons have said like, Blue Star and Oakheart are together in Star Clan eventually. Right. Yeah, that um, yeah, that feels weird to me. But I feel uh, I am I am going to stick with my reading is what I'm I saying. Like that. I like that. I reading. like yeah. the idea that it is just like and I, I literally I was, you know, as I was reading this, I always keep my husband updated on the drama, even though he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. And so I was like, oh, my God, she just. It was just a one night stand that she had and now she's pregnant. And he's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> so it is very much like it feels more of, you know, as an adult, it feels more of like, ah, you know, she had a crush. She let him hit and that's the consequences that she got. Yeah, you know, sometimes not to victim blame. That's not what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. I'm not victim blaming her. I am saying like, yeah, you know, sometimes you get pregnant. Sometimes you get pregnant, man. That's just what happens. I just want to talk momentarily about Oakheart and the weird inconsistency. And it could partially be because of, like, narrator perspective. Like, mm-hmm. Blue Fur is seeing him from a very different way, a very different angle than, like, we see him in Crooked Star's Promise. Was he ever really acting especially arrogant to you? I think... I don't think so. Yeah. I think her saying he was acting arrogant was very much like, I feel like it was her deflecting her feelings because Uh, yeah, it was directly after Rosepaw was like, oh my gosh, he's so handsome. I wish there was a cat like that in our clan. And she's like, (laughs) no, he's he's arrogant. (laughs) Like, why would you say that? (laughs) It it felt, 
I don't see him as very arrogant, but I no. think it is very much, and I did make this small connection, it did feel very Pride and Prejudice to me for her to say oh, that about fuck. him. Oh, where God she's damn like it. misreading him as arrogant when, in fact, you know, he is... He's just simping! He's simping, and also, like, he is a good warrior in RiverClan, and, like, mm-hmm. he is getting a lot of attention for that. Oh no, this is going to fuck up my whole day. I know it is, I'm so sorry. The fact that you've compared it to Pride and Prejudice is is just going to completely turn my life flip turn upside down. Yeah, I know. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. I meant to do that, listeners. (laughs) I know how Scout feels about Pride and Prejudice, because I also feel that way about Pride and Prejudice. Everybody leave me alone. Listen. I know, I know my type, okay? Exactly. I, he's very clearly not as brooding, but I no, do feel it as, is a case. I feel like it is a case of I think mistaking their personality for something else less than savory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That makes sense. Because I was just thinking about the whole, the way that she, the, the way also that Bluefur is like so deeply like, oh, he clearly wants to be deputy one day. And that is in such contrast to mm-hmm. the scene in Crooked Star's Promise when he's literally like, I don't want to be deputy. <laughs> right. Like, honestly, I'm kind of on the train of she should have just let him come live in RiverClan. I think he would have been a great stay-at-home dad. I think I think he would too, but I think she was also thinking, like, if I bring a RiverClan cat in as my mate, I am not going to make deputy. <laughs> I know, it's true. Uh, especially because River Clan is like the enemy in this book. Yeah, I hate the Warrior Code sometimes. Me too, man. It fucking what? sucks shit. You know who sucks shit even more? Fucking is it Star, Star Clan. Clan? <laughs> <laughs> these, I hate those bitches. These bi- seriously, every time we come into an episode, we're like, man, Star Clan really sucks in this one. Turns out maybe Star Clan just fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm starting to think maybe Star Clan has always sucked, and I've just never really like given it that much thought. I was never mm-hmm. like, oh my god, Star Clan's so cool. I've always been like, oh cool, we get prophecies and omens and shit. But I've never really like, I before this podcast. I'd never really thought about just how shitty Sarklan is. They, they except for the are, war, or the medicine cat rule that you can't have kids. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I think they kind of suck, actually. They kind of suck, is the thing. They feel so much like a United States government body to me, mm-hmm. where it's like they're not doing anything. They're not. They're doing. They're sitting. They're sitting way mm-hmm. back here doing jack shit. No. I moved my mic around. <laughs> um. And then all of a sudden, one thing happens, and they're so close. They're so fucking close to you. Like, are you guys, did you guys know that that's bad, that you shouldn't be doing that? And that's actually, like, there's a bit. And Pine Pine Star, kill your your brand newborn child who hasn't even opened his eyes yet. Pine Star, kill your fucking kid. Okay, I'm done. Pine Star. Pine Star. (laughs) Gotta choose, bud. Are you gonna stay in the clan? Or are you gonna go be a himbo bisexual? With the kitty pets. Also, if you stay in your clan and you don't kill your kid, shit's gonna be fucked for real. Which is it, Pine Star? Infanticide or a nice retirement? Anyways. Oh man, no, they suck. <laughs> the they fact suck. that they only gave Sunstar eight lives. Yo, that shit is so fucked up. Are you? I mean, kidding we know me? they would do that shit because they did that shit with um Night Pelt. 
It's the same thing. They won't let Night Pelt get his night. It's but it's like so... they say that they are like basically heaven, but they're making these dumbass decisions. Like you can't are clearly tell these cats arbitrary. are evil as fuck, or like you pretend you do not see it. Is the yeah thing. so stupid? Uh, yeah, the thing I have written here that I want to say on Mike uh, is. Uh, like, do we think so? What so? What happens is they hold back one of Sunstar's lives because Pine Star leaves the clan and goes to live in Two Leg Place before losing his last life. Uh, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, would they have held that life back if Pine Star had thrown his final life away in a reckless battle? No, they would have been like, he's a hero. They would have they would have lauded him as a hero for dying in some dumb shitty dumb ways to die song ass way mm-hmm. but instead because he made a choice about his destiny that didn't align with what they wanted of him they're like okay fine well then your successor doesn't get nine lives they only get eight lives because you made us mad yeah i they don't fucking make any sense no absolute absolute also um, not letting bluefur like go up to her kit when she met with star clan that was fucked up like that's so that's her child. <laughs> oh man, me off all the time. I do want to shout out one quote. We haven't had a quote shout out in a while. I yeah, feel it like. feels like it's been a while. But uh, shout out to Goosefeather for delivering the coldest, hardest book line in the book, uh, which is, "It is not your destiny to feel better. It is your destiny to save your clan." Woof. Fucked up, dude. Whoa, yeah, you can't just say that to people. You, you can't just say that to people, like. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I will once again say I'm loving seeing cats that I grew up loving. Uh, White Storm especially. White Storm! I love... Oh my god. Guys, we're gonna... It's gonna turn into a fucking White Storm fan cast when we get to the next season because let me tell you, this man... White Storm fucking rules. He's such a good boy. He's... He is so good, is the thing. He's so good. White Storm, good. Good guy. I love that guy. He's he's awesome. Like, I don't have anything interesting to say about it, except that I just fucking love White Storm. White Storm is a great guy. We're yeah. going to see some more of White Storm, and I fucking love him so much. Yeah. Dude, he's a great dude. Dude rules. Good. Good dude. He's got some great children. Yeah. Some maybe not so great children. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, White Storm's the best. I love him so White much. Storm's the best. I Can't wait to talk about him, him more for like a full another six or eight episodes. Ah, White Storm. I feel like we've shared our thoughts on Goose Feather for the most part. Yeah, unless you I had think... anything to add. Also, just gonna say, keep an eye on Tiger Claw, cause like <laughs> Goose Feather ain't wrong. He yeah. is a creature. Yeah, I guess we did. We did do that whole like dramatic reenactment of that scene. But boy, that scene where Tiger Kit is wandering around and and mm-hmm. like showing the younger kits around, and they go into the medicine den, and Goosefeather's like, "Get that fucking creature out of my sight!" It's such a it's 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 
unhinged, but it's such a good scene. I love that yeah. shit. It's, I, it is abs- I did write down Goosefeather unhinged era. I so. love Goosefeather's unhinged era in a lot of ways. The moments, there's like some moments with Goosefeather where like he's haunted also, and we know he's haunted, mm-hmm. but there's this, there's this one scene where Bluefeather like is talking to him and he says something and she turns away and then she hears his voice in her ear when she's far away from him and he's like you are beware water it's like whoa dude calm down he does have like some wacky moments of just like staring off into space he this man is looking at so many ghosts he's got so many fucking ghosts this man's looking at so many fucking ghosts off screen uh just Imagine this whole book, but like just sort of at the periphery, if you were to turn the camera one third of the way there's in either direction, the there's scrungliest like, man and like 50 ghosts just watching all of this with like popcorn. Like, damn, fucking blue fur is doing some shit, huh? And Goosefeather's like, shut up. Stop talking to me. <laughs> and they're all just trying to gossip with him. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Goosefeather's in, interiority is in yeah. my head. Is that he's just got so many ghosts that are just like trying to have a conversation with him. And he's like, I'm fucking beset upon. I'm beset upon by spirits. The spirits, the phantoms, they haunt me. And they're like, dude, Goose, they're dude. Like, come on. Don't you want to go out and get a beer? Yeah. That's that's Blue Star's prophecy to me. Yeah, I I agree. It's, you know, for all that I was saying, a a good deal does happen. Oh, yeah. There's There's a lot of good stuff in here um but i do feel like it's one of the super editions that could have been like one third shorter than it is yeah let's Um, talk about the rise of scourge yeah rise of scourge so as i mentioned i don't know if i mentioned this on the podcast or if i just mentioned this to you growing up my mother fell very deeply into the anime and manga is bad because there are certain anime and manga that have bad things in them aka tits and Pokemon causes seizures, even though that episode was never shown out of Japan. You know, that kind of stuff. She 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 fell into a lot of the fear mongering mm-hmm. about anime and manga. The moral panics. The moral panics about anime and manga. So I didn't watch anime until I was in college. I did read manga because I was able to convince her to let me read the Warriors one because it's about cats and it was a series I was already reading. So Rise of Scourge was one of the first manga that I ever read. I love this so much. Uh, I want to, this is a great moment to highlight this note on the week. Yeah, it's not technically a manga because it's not Japanese, but like... It's technically a graphic novel, but it's published by Tokyo Pop, so they call it a manga, I guess. Uh, it's just so I want to read. It just made me laugh so hard. So uh, on the Rise of Scourge wiki page, the only piece of trivia is essentially, though referred to as a manga, it is not technically one because it is not made in Japan or drawn by a mangaka. Uh, and then there's a there's like a little uh, you know number that gives you that there's a source, and if you click on the source, it takes you to the manga page on Wikipedia, and it's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Just the fact that it redirects you to manga on Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. as the source of this information. Oh, shout out to whoever did that. Yeah, good for you. Um, This was published 
June 24th, 2008, originally. The author is Dan Jolly, uh, same as the last manga that we read. Uh, the illustrator is different on this one. Uh, this was illustrated by somebody named Bettina Kurkowski. I love her style. It's great. It really does look anime and manga-ish. It in does, a way especially that- some of the like background uh, faces of <laughs> Tiny's siblings. Like They do have that classic... like manga hey kind of face <laughs> yes this is an audio podcast uh so i can't show you but like there is literally like the half moon grins on his siblings in one yeah. panel and it's so fun there is straight up there's a panel of scourge when he first names himself scourge that is straight up just the knife cat Oh my god, yes. Yes. You look at him and he's like, my name is Scourge. It's like, you're just being Knife Cat right now. I've never seen a cat more Knife Cat. I need to get like a knife sticker and put it in my book because that is so true. (laughs) He is straight up Knife Cat. Oh my god. Um, Maybe maybe I'll make us a Discord emoji for that. You should join our Discord, dear listeners. That would be so fun. Um, I really do love the art style. I think it's very fun. It's very... Like, I love the way the cats are drawn. I yeah, just think I really like the shapes. A lot of like really good shapes going on. Little paws. Uh, the muzzles, especially, I love. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. Yeah. A very, a very fun look on this. Unfortunately, Bettina Krakowski does not come back and do any more of the Warriors manga, though apparently uh, sh- she has done like some of the Seekers manga. Oh, uh, okay. Which is Seekers is another Aaron Hunter uh, joint, but it's about dogs instead of cats. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let me look at her website. Oh my God. Gang, her website is the most early 2000s. I have ever seen. It was last updated in 2017. She did Star Trek the manga 40th anniversary convention exclusive cover. Wow, this is this is yeah, incredible. Yeah, I love looking <laughs> at the artwork on the on these artists' websites. Oh, she does really good birds. You should go. We we gotta go check her out in the Boston South Coast Comic Con and Anime Fest, December 9th and 10th, 2017. You know, we got to get our tickets. It's true. But anyway, that's fun. Really cool. Thank you, Patina. Your stuff is great. We love it. Yeah. Uh, I do I do want to mention Jake gets the fuck around. I love Jake sure does yeah. get around. <laughs> I wrote Jake. The only note I have, Jake, giving Jake the dead wife montage moment of like <laughs> Quince so looking funny. at the framed photo the two legs have of Jake. Just Especially like on because the I shelf. feel like at this point he probably wasn't dead yet. He also wasn't like he, he didn't, didn't belong, belong to, to two like people. the two legs that Quince belong to. Like Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. And she's just like, I wish you were here to see our children, even though none of them look like you. And I'm like, eh, Quince, you probably got around too. Don't that don't worry true. about it. One thing I did want to touch on that I thought is cool is that there is a there's a scene in here of uh, Tiger, Paw, Thistleclaw, and Blue for meeting Tiny uh, and sort of chasing him off of the territory, and Tiger Paw is very vicious about and it. He's and he's huge. Eggs him on, and Tiger Paw is so fucking big. Never has a cat been bigger. This is a big guy, and Tiny is so small. He's so um, he's so little. Uh, but we also see this scene in Blue Star's Prophecy, and we are going to see it at least one more time in the next episode coming up. 
um, because I read ahead. Um, I read one of the uh, novellas we'll be reading ahead of time. Um, and I just think it's really cool that this manga, which is sort of like a tertiary uh, part of the canon, you would say, mm-hmm. is something that sort of originated a scene that ended up having these echoes through uh, through a couple of the books. I just thought that was a cool little thing. And it's a good scene. Uh, really does illustrate everything wrong with Thistleclaw and, mm-hmm. and Tigerpaw, I think. Yeah, I think it's a very good scene because there's also like, it keeps coming back in the manga. And I, I could go on and on and on about comics as a medium, as a storytelling mm-hmm. medium, and how much you can do with them. But I have enough about that that could fill a entire semester of a college course because that is one of the college courses that I took. Um, <laughs> but like, suffice to say, I just have like such an appreciation for graphic novels and comics and manga because the way that you can use the formatting to tell a story, I think, is just really, really entertaining and really, oh, yeah. really unique. And you can really like tell a lot of story with a single panel. It's it's very fascinating. And I think this this yeah. manga does a decent amount of it. Like it does a really good job. Yeah, it's a it's a short read. You know, it's pretty it's pretty quick. I think it's shorter than uh, yeah, it's very small than Exile from Shadow Clan. Oh, definitely, Exile from Shadow Clan is like three times the size. Yeah, um, but it tells its story efficiently, and it tells its story very well. Um, sort of in in visual and uh and like the narration like sort of the the way that the narrating and everything is done and the internal monologues and I yeah I like mm-hmm. it a lot I also I you know I make comics I read comics love comics uh, I think comics, comics don't get enough love I think they are so- very often seen as a child's medium and I feel like that is so wrong yeah, because there's a I lot of I mean, you know, there's a lot of very good comics for children. There's mm-hmm. also a lot of really good comics for adults. Yeah, it is. a It is a medium that so well utilizes both visual and prose written yeah. storytelling. I agree. Um, and this is a fun this is a fun little romp. And it's a cool it's cool to see uh, Scourge for the first time here. We'll be seeing more of Scourge later. Uh, next next season we will be getting some some scourge. Uh, mm-hmm. So watch this watch, watch this the space. space. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's not much I can say about this manga without like completely spoiling the prophecies begin. Yeah, uh, but it is it is fun to see I think his origin story. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see just how much of it started out as showboating. Oh yeah, and how it's so fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. but. Making it is becoming like a a vicious, bloodthirsty cult leader <laughs> of yeah, leader of cats, killer of men. Not actually killer of men, killer of cats. Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, the the author Dan Jolly, uh, who did the writing for this one, I believe Dan Jolly wrote has written all of the manga, but I'm not entirely sure. He said that this he wanted to to write this as a mirror. A darker version of of what becomes Firestar's path. I think that uh, tracks, and that's pretty cool. Did you want to talk about the forward for this one? I would like to talk about that in the Aaron corner, actually. All right, great. I actually well, have something to can... say in the Aaron corner. Wild. Don't I get used that. to it, listeners. <laughs> this is Scout Spot. Should we hop over to the Aaron corner? I think we... so. Bloop. That's the sound of me hopping over. 
Oh no, I fell in the water. Shit. No, Jill. <laughs> Jill, quick. Remember me. No, they're being washed away. Maple shade's gonna get him. Yeah. Um, it's okay. I made it out because I'm built different. <laughs> It's built different than those babies. <laughs> Sorry, smarter than a fifth grader. It's going to swim better than the Thunder Clan kit. <laughs> That's so you bad. Get out I of the cannot. water. You're just like fucking. Babies. Uh, that was very that. insensitive of me. I am so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me tonight. I've romanced yeah, one getting, sexy vampire and uh, mm -hmm. it all goes downhill. Yeah, it all goes downhill from there. You know, you just become morally depraved. It's I was already morally depraved. We know this. <laughs> don't we act like I'm some pinnacle of virtue. <laughs> we are back with Kate Carey in this Aaron corner. Though it sounds from author statements that I've seen, various author statements that Vicky... Holmes also had a lot of direct input on this super edition, but I can't find anything about exactly how much. But I know that in some instances when asked, like, what was your favorite thing to write in the Warriors books? Victoria Holmes has said, like, scenes in Blue Star's Prophecy. I don't know which ones, but it seems like Victoria Holmes did, like, write some scenes for this, at least. That's pretty much as much as I could find out. Um, it's hard to track down this information at this point. Uh, but Blue Star is one of Kate's favorite cats, which I like. Um, and I liked this that I found, which is while it's not officially part of the canon, Vicky has stated that she likes the idea of Blue Star being related to Maple Shade. Like, it's not unlikely. It's it's a very it's very much a possibility. And uh, the last thing I have is uh, that, you know, they say Blue Star has Russian blue ancestry. Yeah, makes sense to me. I love to hear about the different cat uh, breed ancestries of the various cats, though. But other than, uh, other than that, I, I couldn't find too much on this one aside from that, you know, a lot of the errands really like Blue Star. They like writing her. They like thinking about her. And they enjoyed writing this book. But uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to add to the Aaron Corner today. Uh, I don't have much, but one thing I do want to say is uh, next year in March 2024, there will be a full color edition of Rise of Scourge released. Hell yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Love that because I really like the full color stuff that they've been doing. I just I think that'll be really neat. Uh, and I want to read the forward to the Rise of Scourge manga because I feel like it gives a little bit more of an appreciation of what's going on here. This is going to be spoilers ahead for Prophecies Begin. So skip ahead <laughs> to the uh, end of this discussion. Dear readers, Scourge, leader of Blood Clan, is the closest thing to evil we will ever encounter in the forest. When I first created him, I must confess, I didn't think about his past. I just needed a truly terrifying cat, one who didn't seem physically threatening at first, but who had a hunger for violence and bloodshed that far exceeded anything the clan cats had seen before. If ever a character was purely bad, Scourge is it. He certainly made a powerful enemy for Firestar, leader of Thunder Clan, when Scourge challenged all four clans to fight for control of the forest. But when I stopped to consider what might have shaped his character, I realized that this was a story that could be very interesting to explore. A manga novel seemed like the perfect opportunity to go back to Scourge's origins and track his path from cute fluffy kit because all kits are cute and fluffy, right? 
to evil tyrant. I didn't want to make excuses for his behavior because no amount of misfortune or bullying could justify that sort of savagery. Instead, I was curious to see how another smart, ambitious, and courageous young cat, is anyone else thinking Firestar, could end up following a much darker, blood-soaked path. So walk in Scrooge's paw steps if you dare and see if you can still judge him as harshly by the end. Every cat deserves to have his story told and this is Scrooge's hour. So I think it really does like hammer home that like this is not meant to be like a oh poor baby kind of story. It is very much meant to be like mm, this could have been Firestar if he took a different path. Mhm. Uh which yeah, I think, I is think a very it's fun. a it's a it's it's good context. So yeah, I just think it's really you know, a really interesting take on the manga because you're so used to like seeing a lot of villain origin stories be shown as like this is why they deserve our sympathy and stuff like that which like i'm guy look you know me i love a villain (laughs) (laughs) i love a villain and i love a villain who is redeemable and i love a villain who is absolutely unrepentant and unsavable just love a villain just love a well-written villain and so i think you know it is nice to for them to like be clear in this of like we're not saying scourge should be your little meow meow we're just saying this is what happened mm-hmm. but it's hard not to love him when he's so fucking cute in the so, illustrations he's so he's little. so little he's so small he's just a small boy but yeah i uh i agree i think it's fun i think you know there's room for all kinds of villains in life i agree and uh, yeah i like that forward a lot shall we share some tongues Let's share tongues. So I do want to say that I, since there's a lot of Blue Star and Scourge yet to come, mm-hmm. I just looked up specifically under the titles of the books. I was not going to look for anything that would be prophecies begin spoiler related. Yeah, we'll be we'll be returning to these we, yes. topics. So this is going to be pretty short. Ao3, there is one fic for the Rise of Scourge. It's not even really a fic. It's somebody trying to tell a joke but it's also crossed over with dexter's laboratory and something else i i what yeah man the people are amazing you know humanity is incredible everybody's so creative everybody's so creative that's all i'll say about that uh there are 29 for blue stars prophecy specifically uh there's a sultan god damn it Zelda cat <laughs> she just stepped on my cake oh my god Zelda oh no she did step all in the frosting no Zelda, Zelda cat I was saving that for later anyway what was I saying there's 11 fix for Blue Star and Rose Tail. Hell yeah. uh, Rose Tail being sort of her best friend I yeah her say. bestie from from Prenticehood they were really close and uh, 11 picks for them. Good for them. Good for them. Nine for Blue Fur and O-Card. They're big. They're popular. They're popular. Which, you know what? Good for them. Uh, I will admit I found some uh, AMVs. I did not end up watching any of them. So I will put those in uh, the show notes if it turns out they don't have spoilers. Mm-hmm. Tumblr, however, has got some fun, fun stuff. Firstly, I wanted to bring up... Uh, this really nice art yeah. of a uh, blue star and moss kit uh, with little ghost moss kit uh, floating down, looking at blue star, just says, I've been waiting for you. And it's so cute. 
I love, as as we can tell from, you know, when we had our Maple Shade episode, I love art of mother cats seeing their dead kits ghosts when they're like mm-hmm. about to die. I think it's just really nice. I like that there is a like a water reflection lighting thing going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. over Blue Star in this too. Very thematic, very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also some... Uh, some tiger claw meta in the tags of like is tiger claw's situation nature versus nurture if pine star had stayed or if thistle claw hadn't been his mentor would he have turned out differently i you know i don't it's hard for me to say on that one personally i feel like it's a fun thought exercise mm-hmm. but the reality of the way that these books are written means no <laughs> Right. That's exactly what I was going to say is like, it's fun to think about, but given how like firm and deterministic StarClan is, I feel like he was just bound to be the way he is. And that doesn't, that's not to say that you can't write fanfic that's different or anything. Like obviously, of course, but thinking about it from a, like, if you're talking about how would the canon be different if these things had been different, I don't know that they, that it would be different because of like we have talked about, very deterministic, very the things that are going to happen are going to happen no matter what. That is sort of the structure of how uh, the world works for warrior cats in warrior cats from what we've seen and so i think there would have been some way that he got there no matter what i agree got some cool cover art from the chinese edition yeah it's pretty sick i saw that one she's so pretty in it lots of cat designs of course uh lots of arguing over whether this is like gonna become a a big thing i feel like especially now that the dark forest is like a bigger thing in the series bye zelda Mm -hmm. um Like, a lot of people like, does this cat deserve to go to the Dark Forest? And, like, I think here's the thing. StarClan is biased. <laughs> so, like, StarClan is biased, but also... The reason we might say a cat should go to the Dark Forest, like, they're not gonna... Like, they might be like, no, they're fine. It's true. We'll have more to say about this next episode, yeah. is what I will say. Okay, interesting. Uh, some people were participating in the nice guyification of Thrushpelt, which I think is unfair. No, um, Thrushpelt is genuinely just a good dude. Yeah, they were like, oh, he feels so like, oh, well, if I do this for her, she'll come back to me. And it's like, no, no he doesn't. That's he explicitly, he explicitly, explicitly tells doesn't. her, like, hey, I know you're never going to have feelings for me, but like, I care about you. And so I want to make sure that you're OK. So I'm going to do this for you. And she even like goes as far as to call him like one of her best friends. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because he's like genuinely a good dude. Anyway, that pissed me off. Yeah. Um, justice, justice for Thrushpelt. Justice for Thrushpelt. We uh moving on to Rise of Scourge. You know the girlies love Scourge art. Yes. There's so many good Scourge designs out there, guys. There's so many. They're so good. Some of them are just like so fucking early 2000s emo. Oh, yeah. He was the blueprint. <laughs> he um, was, for there real. There is a, also a post that I took a screen grab of that says the expressions in The Rise of Scourge were so fun. Hashtag my son Tigerpaw who has every disease. <laughs> um, and it's just a bunch of Tigerpaw screen caps of like his fucking beefy ass face. I like the one where he's going, "Mm." (laughs) it's very fun. There's another one of Scourge as like in the same pose as Scar from the Lion King at the very beginning. I I love that one. 
just a lot of really good fucking art. Also, a bunch of artists. We've talked about a bunch of artists, like animators, getting together and doing these uh, multi-animator projects. They did a collaborative redraw of the manga. So yeah, there is and it's a, so uh, fun. There is a redraw. Every, I think a diff- every page is done by a different artist. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I love seeing it. It is very fun. It is very cool. We will definitely link it. Uh, and I just love seeing the variety of uh, designs out here. Yeah, it's great. I love cats. Man, I love cats. I'm excited to... Uh, I'm just excited. We're getting We're getting into it. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and then, there, of course, there's this image of Skirt with the Joker makeup on. Why why have they done this? And it's made to look like a a Tumblr post where it's Scourge of Blood Clan 100. And it's just a picture of him with the Joker makeup on. And random stray cat. Lovely makeup, Tiny. What's the occasion? (laughs) And his response is, all I have are negative thoughts. God. Uh, Apparently it is in reference to another shit post um, of a... Oh, it's like a warthog. Oh, have you not seen Horus the the warthog? No. Oh, my God. Oh my god. We can't get into Horus, but like it is of a uh, a random like roleplay blog that goes and like interrupts other people's posts. God. Um, but it is of this this uh this boar with Joker makeup on saying the exact same thing. Oh no. <laughs> so incredible. We have that. It's very good. And then there's of course this little uh somebody reblogged uh, or somebody uh, posted a thing of there's a the moment when tiny first goes out into the forest and he climbs up a tree stump and he's standing up on it and he's posing all proud and it is like the exact same pose that he does when he's like i am scourge and i think it's just very cool to like it's very again cool. that also comics is the as a medium yes oh. this is also the knife cat scourge yes this is the knife cat scourge uh we love knife cat in this we house love knife cat uh, but um, yeah, comics as a medium, fucking good. Fucking love good. Visual love parallels. I, yeah, visual parallels get me every fucking time. So good. I'm a known lover of them. That's about all I have for uh, for sharing tongues, though. All right. I suppose it's time to choose our warrior cats of the week. It sure is. Why don't you tell me yours first? Jill, did you not choose a warrior cat of the week? I have a couple of options, but I don't like I didn't have a firm one this week I know yeah I was sort of in the same boat so I will go first I didn't choose one for uh Rise of Scourge I don't think we need one for Rise of Scourge because there's not really enough characterization in there for there's not enough characterization there's not enough characters that are yeah exactly there's not really a lot of um but for Blue Star's Prophecy I feel self-conscious like I'm always picking men, TM. Like uh, I'm always picking uh, male cats and never giving any love to the girlies. But I just really like Sunstar a lot. Okay, ooh, Sunstar okay. is my warrior cat of the week. I think he was a good influence on Bluefur and everyone around him. I think he was a really strong leader. He had a, a like an air of quiet competence that I liked a lot. Um, and I just think it's bullshit that he had to suffer because of a perceived wrong choice from Pine Star before him. Uh, so yeah, uh, Star Clan, we love Sunstar. Wonderful. I think that actually helped me figure out my Warrior Cat of the Week. 
It's Feather Whisker. Oh, yeah, that was almost mine. I, you know, thinking about it as you were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, White Cats had like a really good influence on her. And honestly, Feather Whisker was like, I feel like he wasn't like a huge influence, but he was always a very positive force. He, yes, in I life. really like Feather Whisker. And I general. love him. I feel like he is such a, an interesting character, not because he's got anything special going on, but because he is the medicine cat in between Goosefeather and Spotted Leaf, who are like two huge forces. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel but like you know, he does kind of have something going on because. He does. I keep forgetting, but he is the one that, like, for whatever fucking reason, he knows all the shit that's going to happen with Yellowfang. He got that prophecy about Yellowfang, and he's just kind of sitting on it for a long time. And he is is Sunstar's brother. Yeah, he is Sunstar's brother. But it does, it does mention, you know, he, he's, he's a good guy, I think. I feel like he's just, he's just a fun, a fun little guy. I like him a lot. And I just think that he, you know, like, he takes on the role of Medicine Cat in stride when, like, Goosefeather is kind of basically not doing his job. Yeah, uh, I, I Feather Whisker like- doesn't, like, he doesn't actively, like, complain about it. He'll, you know, crack a joke or be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's just not doing it. But he is, like, good-natured and just, like, a really positive guy. I like yeah, him a lot. he's got a lot of grace. Yes. So yeah, I think Feather Whisker is uh he's my boy this week. That's a great one. He I almost cho- chose him and then I was like maybe it should be Rosetail because I feel like I'm always choosing the I'm always choosing the boys, but uh I just didn't she she was great, but she didn't hit me the same way that Sunstar did. And that's totally fair and valid. You know, if you have thoughts, opinions, questions memes to share with us i don't know why i just did your outro i was gonna say are we switching no i just was (laughs) like all right let's go all right well i'm so fucking punchy today i'm so sorry it's not as good what's going on hey you know if you have thoughts opinions questions or memes to share with us you can write to us at pawsandclawspod at gmail.com. That's pause as in what a cat has, claws as in the part of speech, pod as in podcast. We are also on Twitter at pawsandclaws and on Tumblr at pawsclawspod. Uh, listeners who are 18 years and older can come join us on Discord, which will be linked in the show notes. You can find me on Blue Sky or Tumblr and Twitter, but you know. Uh, at Humble Goat, and you can see the art that I do, including our podcast cover art, at scoutwilkinson.myportfolio.com. Links to my portfolio as well as my Kofi page are also in the show notes. And you can find me in the deep blue sea uh, on Twitter at plot underscore twists, on blue sky at plot hyphen twists, or on Tumblr at antique hyphen romantic. Our next episode and the last of season two, The Road to Rusty, will be out in two weeks, where we will discuss three different stories. Spotted Leaf's Heart, Red Tail's Debt, and The Fear of Fire. Read along by buying the books from a local bookstore or checking out a copy from your local library. Until then, dear listeners, may Star Clan guide your paws. For the most part, they still are on my bad side for denying me at the moon pool. 
Yeah. <laughs>